0: You're having tea with Alice. This conversation is one I had with my good friend Lucy Howard-Taylor in the rocks at a beautiful cafe outdoors. We're drinking green tea and having a bit of lunch. And uh, Lucy is a poet and an arts administrator, and I speak to her a little bit about that and about her ideas on the world. I hope you enjoy listening. I enjoyed having it. If you'd like to send me an email, it's alicerfraser at gmail.com. Or you can look me up on Twitter at alliterative, A L I T E R A T I V E. And you can also look up Lucy Howard Taylor online and find out some of her beautiful poetry. Um, thank you very much, everyone who's written in. Things with Mum are going uh, as well as can be expected. And my twin brother left yesterday to go back to his uh, life and his wife in England. And that was as sad as you would expect, but I'm also very proud of him. He's a man now, uh, which is a strange thing to think of somebody who I used to eat sand with. But it was lovely to have him around and have somebody in the midst of all this who just gets it. Sympathy and empathy are wonderful, but it's nice to just sit with somebody who knows everything. all right, I, without further ado, I will introduce you to Lucy Howard-Taylor and the conversation we had in Sydney in the Rocks by Sydney Harbour. Um, so how are you?
1: I am... diffuse (laughs) (laughs) I feel thinly stretched but good
0: do you have any things that you wanted to talk about that are um, controversial ideas or unpopular ideas or
1: ideas that you think you need to explain to the world are you gonna edit this Mm. Um, because I was thinking about that and I was actually thinking more about um, the fact that when it comes to holding certain stringent opinions i tend to err on the side of not having them <laughs> not having opinions having complicated yeah. opinions having complicated things. hello, yeah. hello. Tea. well thank you thank you very it's much lovely. thank you
0: That's lovely. um totally we absolutely. are actually. <laughs> you can be We're the guest, guest cameo. Of thank you very much awesome. thanks
1: um, Shall I pour your tea? I thank you. And I suppose I was thinking in the limited time that I've had for any sort of reflection outside working ridiculous hours, um, that I wonder whether it might not be sometimes, I wonder whether or not there's a bit of a, um, I'm just trying to think, because you've got to realise my brain is entirely... Um, at the moment database focused so I'm just extracting Mm -hmm. Um, and I don't think you'll actually be able to use any of this it's alright
0: if it doesn't work I'll just cut it into a solo
1: show (laughs) good okay that's fine I'll just talk to you then Um, I actually think that people people hold the idea of an opinion way too highly I think sometimes it can be very much a good thing to not actually have an opinion or to reserve judgment because most of the things that I think that people have a lot of, you know, criticism for or judgment around, I don't feel qualified enough to have an opinion. I don't feel like I, I know or I know enough or have um, enough. I don't think necessarily personal experience, because you don't need to have personal experience to hold an opinion. But I just I, I prefer to exist in in the realm of not knowing, which is rather Keatsian, I suppose. <laughs> Um, and of course, that doesn't mean that I don't have strong opinions about some things. I do, um, especially when it comes to, you know, I think probably my most my most fiery opinion hotbed is um, women's rights. I've discovered so, <laughs>
0: Fair enough. But that's um, not an exactly an unpopular opinion. No, no, I know. Although it's, it, it's it, a... It'd be... Actually, I have... It's an interesting thing. I have a, a... The first couple of podcasts I did with uh, Sean, who was my producer for a little while, and then he got really busy, and I keep getting requests uh, for him to come back, which I would love, um, because... I think partly because when you talk to him, you're not preaching to the converted. His opinions are really... He's not... A mean person and he's not a bigoted person Mm. he doesn't really know what he thinks about a lot of things and so it's nice for me to go women's rights and have him go what are those more or less whereas if if you're talking to somebody who's university educated who's in the arts who's you know uh, I'm in a a bubble of sorts I don't often encounter people who think women are asking for it but I know that that stuff exists, and you see it the moment you put anything up on the internet as a woman. Off, off the record. This has to be off the record. Okay.
1: I was talking to him. Um, M- maybe if
0: we edit this, reintroduce him as a stranger.
1: So yeah. I'll... <laughs> so I was um, talking to a friend about this idea that for a woman to um, refuse the attentions of a man, it is easier and more effective to say that she has a boyfriend than to just say no. Mm -hmm. And I was talking to him with with the idea that that effectively shows, well to me, it, it seems to indicate that a woman's right to refuse just because she doesn't like the look of him or because she's just not interested somehow weighted less than the woman who is taken by who is sort of another man's you know
0: you think it shows that he has more respect for another man than he has for the woman
1: herself yeah and he he sort of put this really interesting um, argument to me which I'm just struggling to remember what it was but it was (laughs) let me just um, it was is going to be this is just bad Alice I can't think of anything beyond work (laughs) it was a really interesting it was an interesting angle um, that seemed to indicate that it was less about that it was just about you know uh, politeness or courtesy or refusing someone in a way that would cause them less pain or you know something which is a bit like because you said look you know guys do that as well to girls you know say oh you know I've got a girlfriend or you know whatever um I don't I don't want to use this. Oh, okay. this is bad. This is stressing me out. <laughs> no, and I really I really want to, but maybe maybe women's rights isn't the thing that I need to speak about. I prefer to speak about poetry or something with you. But then again, that's, you know, preaching to the converted.
0: Talk to me about poetry then. What's your opinion on
1: poetry? <laughs> I have I have a lot of opinions on poetry. I'm trying to pick the best one. I've been looking a lot into rap lately. Rap. Yeah which um, is something I never used to pay any attention to at all because I just thought it was a bit vulgar and a bit gross and overwhelmingly sexist and I didn't like the music um, and I'm it, it's sort of yes overwhelmingly it is gross and the music actually has very little merit and the lyrics are you know forced and overwhelmingly sexist and just generally vulgar but there seems to be like like this really fascinating lyrical heart of rap don't ask me to actually name anyone who's actually doing it it tends to be the older at the other end of the spectrum before it became mainstream that is really really poetic and really really gorgeous and i really think that there should be more rap poetry studies i don't know whether there are any there possibly are at universities but because i think that that's actually you know in you hear a lot about people saying that, you know, poetry is becoming increasingly irrelevant or that, you know, young people don't want to read it and whatever else. You bring, you know, you align the ideas of rap and poetry in a year nine English class. Mm. And you will at least have more involvement than if you were just trying to bring up poetry by itself. Which I think can only be a good thing.
0: I mean... For me, when I write poetry, it's about crystallising a feeling that I have or an experience that I've had. Sure. And, and me, I think... it's less about that. It's
1: more about sound. Hmm.
0: Well, in order to do that, I try to get it
1: to feel good in my mouth. Um, See, my problem with writing poetry, and it's been a problem for a long time, is that I'm ultimately plotless. I have no plots. I find it very, very difficult to generate plots. I find it very difficult to generate... What do you mean by plots? Like, the idea of a... Um, The idea of a connected narrative line or something that you know in a poem develops, like an idea that develops um, coherently and succinctly. I seem to see the world in images and sounds and so often a poem for me will spring from an image and I'll see an image and I'll just want to translate that in, into words in a way a photograph translates an image into, you know, a living image into a static one. Um, But the problem with that is that there are very few... It is difficult to wrangle a poem with with any sort of through line or with any sort of movement from a single image.
0: How long do you think a poem should be? Short as possible. Yeah. i
1: <laughs>
0: I don't think you need necessarily. Unless it's a, a narrative plot. poem,
1: which is something else entirely different. Yeah. Unless it's telling a story. Yeah. Um, which you know is is an art form in and of itself. I can't tell a story for shit. There are some people who are you who, who are wonderful storytellers. I cannot tell stories. Yeah. I jump immediately to the end line. It's well, like you I say can't you can't tell, tell stories. You wrote a book. A yeah, whole but it's book. fragment. It's fragments. It's all fragments. There's no real coherence to it. It's diary fragments. Mm. It's little bits, sound bites, mm. all brought together in you know, in you know a way that if I'd been writing it today, I would have done very differently. <laughs> um, Maybe you should.
0: Maybe you should rewrite
1: it. Get into a second edition, so I am rewriting it. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> Which is great, but you know I can't totally rewrite it because it'll kill the authenticity of the thing, or so they tell me. Um, so I often find when I'm writing poetry that I'm moved more by the way sounds fit together than by the meaning they're actually generating, which means that a lot of the poems that I've written, especially when I was doing my Masters and I was producing, you know, a few poems a week for my for my poetry workshops, the complaints that I tended to receive were around, like, you know, around the idea of, well, what, what's this about? Like, what is this actually getting at? This seems to just be this little bubble of interesting noise and some great imagery, but none of it actually says anything whether or not a poem actually needs to say anything. Well if it communicates um, something. I mean ultimately for me I'm not writing for other people so much as I'm writing to distill a moment for myself to remember later on. Which is where
0: rap comes in because rap is
1: yeah. communicative poetry. You're trying Absolutely. to get a message
0: across so it's more like it is. there's performance built into it and mm-hmm. when performance
1: is built in then you have communication built in. Whereas... i love to be able to rap. I've tried and I just can't do it. There's this great female rap artist called... Someone Wells, Emily Wells. And she does covers of, of, of um, you know, these typically black rap songs. And to have them, you know, rapped out by this white woman in this quite, you know... Uh, she's got quite a throaty sort of, you know, languid, you know, voice. It's just incredible. It's magnificent. It's actually mesmerising. <laughs> Does it become more spoken word poetry? It becomes than more rap? almost. Well, no, it's still rap, mm. and that and that's interesting in itself. You know, the distinction between spoken word and rap. What is it that moves it slightly? Pretentiousness. Well, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know necessarily. I think it. I think it does actually come down. There's some. There, there is a. Um, there's a rhythm of rap. Mm. that is a rap rhythm that is not a spoken word rhythm yeah so the musicality of there's it a is musicality different. to it that is different but very very subtle yeah um, because they're not singing yeah um,
0: I think with spoken word often what you get is a deliberate disruption of the rhythm like rappers play with like disrupting the rhythm within the form and they don't break the form mm. you know they but spoken word there's a lot of a lot more stop start and kind of Mm. What you would call pretentiousness, where you linger on an image or you deliberately draw attention to part of it as important, in a way where rap you kind of have to. And I would say take the words out probably, and then figure out what's important in them. I'd say probably rap
1: is more sound oriented. Music is
0: sublimated to the. I yeah. mean the, the, the meaning the is the sublimated is to, to music. music.
1: Absolutely, uh, where a spoken word is much more. About the meaning. Plot or ideas or meaning driven. And the
0: rhythm is there to serve yeah. the meaning. Yeah. And so it becomes more... Yeah, that's an interesting But the point. funny thing
1: was is that my entrance into rap was probably like every other, you know, white teenage females And it was through Eminem. And mm. I was ashamed of liking him when I was a teenager because the idea of rap was so separate to my idea of the world that I was growing up in. Oh lorikeet friends. Wow there are two, <laughs> two hey, rainbow lorikeets apparently
0: trying to climb into my bag.
1: <laughs> I actually was here yesterday and they tried to eat, forcibly eat my almond croissant. Um, God they're gorgeous aren't they? They're beautiful. Love them. They're very sneaky. I think they might live here. I think they probably do. Tourist tourist town. <laughs> Um, um, what were you we saying? Rap. I'm just going to eat this last little bit of boccuccini and then...
0: Um, rap. What is it? Why is it? Why do you as a white woman feel conflicted about your enjoyment of music? Do you feel you're
1: coloni- colonializing? <laughs> no. I just felt inauthentic.
0: But you really liked it. So
1: how is that I felt like it wasn't a voice for me. I think because it's a voice for a, a certain... Because it's known as a voice for a certain section of society who tend to be low income and black, I felt that, that me liking it was somehow a an indulgence that I could dwell in because I am privileged, <laughs> and so I, it made me feel a bit guilty. Um, but surely that's the point of art is taking
0: something that well, is I think maybe uh, incomprehensible. And making it sure. Making a connection. So you wouldn't you know, as a as a North Shore privileged young lady, you would never have thought about or understood the voice of people who were in a different country, sure. Of a different society. I think class and then all of a sudden you can. How does that make you feel bad?
1: I think when I said it made me feel inauthentic, what I meant was it made me feel inauthentic because I was I think I was appreciating it for the um I was appreciating it more for the art of it, more for the sound, more for the way the words mill and drain, in, you know, and seep into each other. I was appreciating it more for that and the fact that I couldn't do it than I was for the reason why, you know, it has got such a, you know, cult sort of following, which is effectively because it's so memoirist, because it speaks, you know, the language and society of, you know, black people. I was appreciating it, I felt for a for a um, I was appreciating it through pretension rather than through you know, the awfulness of personal experience, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, that's an interesting thing. If people come up to me after a show and say you were really funny I like it. And if people come up to me after a show and say oh, I had that experience, I also like it. Yeah. So I don't think that it's a bad thing to compliment someone for their craft rather than their yeah. content or vice versa, their content rather than their craft mm. because you wouldn't have one without the, the other. My True. jokes wouldn't be funny if the meaning wasn't in them because then there would be just nothing and but the meaning wouldn't be as uh, accessible if
1: I didn't package it in jokes. Sure, but there is a lot of rap and it's mainly mainstream that it is actually pretty craftless. You know, it's sort of become the default mode of expression for musically or beat inclined black youth, Mm. (laughs) you know. Um, And I'm making such gross generalisations here anyway because I've only just started looking into it because I've only just recognised it as actually something I'm interested in. Mm. Um, And there's very, (laughs) I can't even believe I'm I'm about to say this, but there's very little literature on it (laughs) because I've already looked into it. you're embarrassed at the fact that you have to access this art form through literature yeah, well well, yeah, I don't know it just makes me feel a bit sort of it's like ah oh, I don't know it makes me feel like a tryhard or something but then again most things in my life make me feel like a try-hard so I've got to be open to the fact that I am immediately critical when I perhaps shouldn't be you're
0: self-critical about the way you approach the world <laughs> yeah, isn't everyone
1: <laughs> um, I think I just enjoy things sometimes I'm able to rest in a sense of not, of just not judging, but that's rare. See, I like to know why I enjoy things,
0: but I don't worry about why I enjoy things. Like, I love Vin Diesel movies.
1: No way. I
0: love stupid action films. He
1: looks like a hawk of salami.
0: Yep, I, I, and he's, he's got weirdly large arms and small shoulders, <laughs> and I love The Rock, and I just love stupid, giant action movies. And Fair enough. I, I probably can tell you why, but I just enjoy them. Even <laughs> if I know why, I don't feel bad or embarrassed about that. I mean, if, if somebody... Like, it's like me and
1: zombies. You I like love zombies. zombies.
0: See, I can't yeah. get my head around I zombies. Can't do, I can't
1: do horror films, but I just love zombies.
0: Why? What is it about zombies simplifying the world? See, this is the, thing. the fact you're, 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 you're interrogating you my
1: likes and dislikes. And here I am just knee-jerkily, you know, liking and disliking things and not knowing oh. why. why? I, there's something yeah. so, like... You know what it is? I think it actually comes down to a sound thing again. There's something really viscous about zombies. They're always making schlocky sh- sort of shucking, you know, chewing. I
0: find them like, horrifying for that noises, reason. Yeah, like yeah.
1: masticating noises, and they're all groaning and falling apart, like and bits are coming boys. off and. I love teenage boys. I love teenage boys, they're like little saints. But snails. they stink, they stink, but they're lovely. That's why they're adorable. They're yeah. sort of so. And they're all um, just forming and finding their way. I don't like teenage girls very much, but that's probably because I was one.
0: Squeaky and, and uh, still very vulnerable and yet trying to be manly. I know, it's so cute. It's very cute. I love them. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what don't you like about teenage girls other than having been one?
1: Um, they're, t- they're, they're not teenagers. There's something about girls at that age where they're not teenagers, they're not authentically teenage. And here I am obsessed with this idea of authenticity. I guess it comes down to honesty, probably because I lied so much as a child. There you go. Now we're getting into it. Teenage girls Um, are better liars than teenage uh, boys? They're just, they're far more sophisticated. Yeah. You've got to treat them like adults because they sort of, they're not, physically they're not, emotionally they're not, but intellectually they consider themselves as such.
0: Yes, I think the problem um, is consequences.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: Not understanding the world enough to understand what an impact
1: yeah, you exactly. have on it yeah.
0: means that teenage girls deploy weapons that are bigger than yeah than they should. More, they're far more. They're,
1: there's a yeah. There's a schematic to teenage girls that's very different to teenage boys. I find boys much more easy, much more easily read. I think it's difficult for
0: teenage boys now because we don't really have acceptable channels for aggression, other than maybe uh, video games. I um, love video games. But See, here I, we go. Don't, I don't think video games really um, really solve the problem, which is that boys are meant to tumble around and punch Absolutely. each other. Absolutely. And we don't really let them do that. I think I don't know. Maybe boys should do martial arts or rugby or something where they have an I, they acceptable channel. to be doing channel something to that isn't
1: just sitting and hit playing. something with their body. Yeah that isn't absolutely uh, isn't King you know, someone or, in the street or a woman or something yeah, yeah. Exa- no I totally agree and I don't know whether I don't know how that can be you know it should be institutionalised in schools I mean the fact that you know you've got these you know a classroom, and my, my brother's a case in point because he's one of those people and there are lots of them who find it physically very difficult to sit at a desk yeah. they shouldn't be bloody well sitting at a desk they should be I don't know running around while they're learning or something, or doing, doing star jumps or, or something. something. I mean, yeah. there's got to be movement, otherwise there's no learning. It's stagnant otherwise, because they're very physical. And you see that with, with boys from, you know, the moment they're able to move independently. Yeah, You don't see that with girls as much.
0: See, my dad was very much... He was a um, philosophy lecturer at university when, when we were born and then moved on to other things. But he had that idea, which was popular in the 70s, of, um, you know gender is entirely socialised. A good part of it is. And a good part of it is. But then we were born, twins, one boy, one girl. And he looked at us in the late 80s when we were born and he said,
1: Oh, oh, there are some inherent differences here. She's a girl and he's a boy.
0: (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. And that's true. Those things shouldn't affect uh, your freedom to move in the world.
1: No, absolutely not. But you need to those un- things should not predestine you your need talents to acknowledge or anything them. but as you were about to say you do need to acknowledge that there are... especially in an early age when when things are still being you know nurtured into existence and people are still you know and kids are still growing into people
0: and then if you like so if if it was acknowledged that for example I am likely to be more conflict averse than my brother the way you teach me In school, to step up and be uh, strong and honest and not weaselly and afraid is different from the way you teach him to suppress the urge he will have to punch people. Yeah, absolutely. And and if you want to have grown ups who are equal, Mm. you need to give children different strategies. And it's not necessarily gendered, it's personality wise that some people are going to react in different ways and you need to give them a different toolkit. You can't give everyone the same toolkit. Because if you teach me to restrain my anger, which is you know, I was a Buddhist kid, I was brought up to be very suppressed, then you end up with somebody who is, as I was until my early twenties, very, very locked in and shut down and careful in a way that I didn't Didn't do me any good. Yep. And shouldn't have been. Whereas other people might have needed that tool set to keep themselves from doing damage to the people around them i was i was not the kind of person who was ever going to do damage to the people around me except Yourself. through cowardice <laughs> um, you're one of the self
1: damagers and fear of hurting people's <laughs> feelings
0: which has led me into bad situations before. yeah,
1: yeah. um you have to go I do have to go, which is a shame because the conversation was just getting interesting. Maybe oh, we'll nice. make this part one. Maybe we will. <laughs> all right. I'll cut out that beginning bit. Thanks, um, so, love. Yeah. Or we'll edit it I, I I just had t- It took me a while to get into a space where I wasn't... I wasn't even thinking about work. In fact, I wanted it to keep on going. Oh, that's all right. We'll catch up soon. It'll be lovely. Can we see each other on Saturday, maybe? Yeah, that'd be nice. If you're free, because obviously...